This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. The reason why we wanted to bring Eric in was, I think, when going through our team, uh, one of the things that I had felt in, in talking with Sully about it is we needed to continually improve um, our ability to move the puck from our own zone. Um, Eric, I think, is one of the uh, elite players in that regard in the NHL. Um, even though he's in his, uh, in his early 30s, he continues to be one of the top skaters in the NHL, and obviously his production and offense um, uh, is quite prolific. So a uh, very competitive, very motivated person uh, wants to come in here and help our team. That was uh, General Matt, oh, sorry, uh, Director of Hockey, Hockey Operations uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Kyle Dubas there on the trade as the Penguins over the weekend acquired uh, Eric Carlson from San Jose in a three-team uh, blockbuster involving the Montreal Canadiens, Pittsburgh Penguins, and the San Jose Sharks. Jim Toth, how you doing? Cameron Poitras, it's your vision, a breath of fresh air today. How oh, are you? Is that you a much. new Hawaiian summer shirt? Well, yeah, I got to keep up. I mean, you always Is there uh, any tend, moths in that? You always tend to, to point these out. And so I'm nuts. trying to get bigger. I'm trying to get bolder just to drive you nuts. I, I like it. It doesn't drive me nuts at all. I think it's very stylish. Yeah. It's a cream color yeah. with some Hawaiian wear, flowers on it. I usually don't wear a color like got some hula. There's a hula girl on it, too. A hula girl, yeah. With some red. I usually don't wear red because I have rosacea, and it um, it kind of it it doesn't go well with my complexion. Now, is that from drinking? Well, it's from a number of things, what Jim. Is Toth, is that... Why don't you step into my doctor's office <laughs> and we'll go through all the symptoms of my rosacea. Well, it brings out your rosacea and your eyes. <laughs> so that's just a lovely shirt. It's good to have you back. Yeah, we missed thanks. you. It's good we, to be back. We talked poorly about you for two weeks, and it's good to have yeah. you back so that we can do it to your face and have some fun. With I you. heard rumors, and there's something on your seat when you go back to your desk. Oh, no. Because I heard all that stuff. Oh, no. Is it a gift? And Kelly, card? don't worry, and Kelly's going to get his. <laughs> no, one's, no one's Kelly, ever said that about Kelly, Kelly Moore. And Kelly's going to get his. <laughs> Kelly, if you're listening, it's coming. I'm not telling you when and where, but it's coming. But good vacation? Yeah, no, it was good. Went down to Minnesota. Uh, we talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, went to a Twins game, which was great. Yeah, great. And his ball target ball. field is incredible. Like, And um, we had a lot of fun there. Uh, my wife got on the jumbo tr- on the flex cam. Really? Yeah. So anyway, she's such a she's such a clown. But anyways, sun's out, guns out for Sky. So we're walking out, and uh, my mom, my mom's best friend, and of course my wife was there. And uh, so anyways, we're, we're leaving, and I I hear this giant uproarious laugh across the entire park, and I'm like, what is going? And I look around. I said, where's Sky? And I hear this huge laugh, and I look over at the flex cam. And she's on flex cam, just about low, like her butt yeah. is on the ground, just flexing it out. Just and, it, and you know my wife; she's four eleven, and yeah. I think about one ten. Butt ripped. One t- ripped. Yeah, ripped. I mean one ten, pure muscle. Yes. Um, no so. gristle in in sky. No gristle well, that's there. awesome. You never yeah. know. Hey, eh? you're gonna go on. What a beautiful ballpark. Well, yeah, yeah, we missed you, and uh, we're we're in the dog days of summer. Not a lot of hockey news until today or yesterday or Sunday. Actually, mm-hmm. was the day that Eric Carlson got dealt. 
Um, look, first of all, from the Penguin standpoint, I love this deal. I, I think that they had to do something that could push them over the top. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure this is enough over the next four years, but I think that Sidney Crosby Malkin will be around for this. And and if you can add him and Chris Letang, and I mean, it, <laughs> there, there might be... The, you know, a power play here that rivals the one of the Jets or yeah. the Jets, sorry, Oilers. the Oilers, yeah. sorry, on, on how they play it. But I am stunned that they are going to pay him $10 million. I am actually stunned that San Jose got out of that contract only owing a mil. Um, I think Montreal did good in it. I, I yeah. think that they San Jose of- did phenomenal in it. And and I think the Pittsburgh Penguins did what they needed to do. And this is why, why it's interesting, right, mm-hmm. is because, like, you're going to make this point. But I thought that the Pens would pay six to seven of this. So did I. Have to pay some more for somebody else to do it, and it allows them four to three million more to augment this and make a three to four year run with with their top heavyweight guns that they have. I'm just surprised that San Jose got out from this eleven million dollar contract only owing a, a mill. Yeah, I mean, like one point five or something like that. Um, I mean, and. Initially, my first thoughts when I saw this deal, that's the cost of dishing out $10 million in cap space in this environment. I mean, yeah. the most valuable asset in all of this wasn't the first defenseman uh, since 1992 when Brian Leach did it to hit 100 points. Um, he Eric Carlson was not the most valuable piece, the most valuable asset in this trade. It was the $10 million in cap space. Yeah. In this cap crunch and, and where the things are, um, the biggest piece of the trade was 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 that ten million bucks, right? And I thought for sure there was no way that San Jose was going to be able to get rid of that contract without keeping. Maybe they said they didn't want to keep fifty, but I thought for sure they'd have to keep thirty or thirty five. And when and I saw initially it was three teams involved. I was like, okay, well, there's another team coming in here, like the Coyotes or another one of the you know the teams with actually the Ducks or something like that. That sliding in here is going to take twenty five percent for a, you know, a, a big package here, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I, you know, Pittsburgh, I mean, I mean, what do you think about this? Are they, does this make them a contender over the next three, four years here, or are they just sort of clinging on to this sort of possibility? Maybe this bygone era. I, I, I still think the Penguins still have one more run left in them where they can get to the Eastern so, conference so final, where they can get to that point or maybe get to a cup final or something. I still think they have one left, but that's it. They got one left, and then that's it. And we'll see if it even if it even happens. But I mean, it's there. There's there's going to be. And I was talking to Tyson Rewicki, he's producing the show today. I was talking to him earlier, who did a great job filling in for me. By the way, I was listening. You know, you guys come in clear past Fargo. Really? I was uh, in Alexandria, Minnesota, on the way to, on the way down. Did you know? And I was listening to you to scallywags. As as big as the Rewikis are in Selkirk, they're bigger in Fargo. Yeah, well, I'm told. Yeah, I've heard that same thing. Have you heard that, Tyson? Yeah, there's a that's a common name at the the Buffalo Wild Wings down there in Fargo. The Rewiki Wing. <laughs> I'm surprised they even go. Um, I, I thought they'd only go down to Grand Forks for the Buffalo Wild Wings. But see, this is the kind of thing around Hellebuck and Shifley, right? Yeah. So if they're if somebody is going to pay Eric Carlson 10 of the 11 million, why wasn't this deal done sooner? Why, why wasn't it done? Like, that's why I always thought it was held up, right? Like the Oilers yeah. desperately wanted to get them, but the Oilers would need somebody to eat five to six of this. Yeah. Um, and the problem I, I is just, it's four more years. So that's the stunning part to me because if Hellebuck wants $9 million, it's just not out there. 
Pittsburgh find a way to make it out there. I don't know. Like their cap space is, and and another way to look at this is because Dubis is the one who orchestrated this. Is they're kind of like the Leafs, right? They are so top heavy now. Um, the, the the yeah, the Penguins can make it work. They have about when you when you look at long term. Uh, injury reserve. They got about six million bucks. So they're they're good. They're going to be under the cap. It's not like Toronto, where Toronto still has to shed two mil. But when you're paying to. one player ten million dollars, now that one player had a hundred points on one of the worst teams in the league in a position that has a struggle to score seventy. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're. I mean, the point being is, it's kind of like Connor Hellebuck, right? Connor Hellebuck is a top three to five at his position in the league mm-hmm. and he can't get nine because I think there's predominantly a lot more players at his position that aren't at his level, but are, are good enough. Mm-hmm. Eric Carlson brings something to the table that, you know, the extra five to 6 million on a salary of the 10 total, you could pay, I mean, name me a defenseman. You could pay $10 million and get a hundred points out of him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is he still overpaid at 10 million? Kel maybe he's, he's still overpaid at 10. Yes, he is. Don't, I'm not like, defending I, the contract. Like Eric but. Carlson does things that no other defenseman in the league does, but at the same time, he is far from a perfect player. But right now it's Eric Carlson at 10 million. It's Chris Letang at 6.1. Ryan Graves at 4.5. Marcus Pedersen is making $4 million. And then to round out their defensive core are three defensemen making 825000 or less. And that's how you do it, right? You've got three D-men making less than a million dollars, two D-men making four plus, one making six and one making 10. How you make it all fit. Now the forward core, I mean, so here's the forward core. Crosby, Malkin, Rust, Raquel, Riley Smith now, who had, think they're buying out, but I'm not sure. No, they're yeah. not buying him out. Jeff yeah. Carter, Lars Eller, Nola Kari, Rem Pitlick, who they got in the deal, Drew O'Connor, Matt Nieto, and Alexander Nylander. So do those, does that forward core and D group say Stanley Cup? And it just, I, and I'm not saying Stanley yeah. Cup. I mean, all you have to do is get in. But their goalies are Alex Nijelkovic. Nijelkovic. Nijelkovic, I apologize. Yeah. And Tristan Jari, because they sent to Smith. So Tristan Jari, scream Stanley Cup to you? No. no. Like, to me, but, this but is again, a playoff team, and I get it. Florida proved once you get in, you can go on a run. And I say that because Florida, I, I liked at the start of the year, but they didn't perform till the end. But they took out some heavyweights mm-hmm. round after round after round. Yeah. So I get, like, but can this roster take out some heavyweights? I mean, if you get some Bobrovsky goaltending, you can for sure with this roster. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need Jake Gensel back ASAP. I mean, he's he's just undergoing ankle surgery. He's going to be out yeah. at least 12 weeks before he gets reevaluated. They need him back uh, on this team. I mean, there, there's there's a feeling, and we got to go to break here, but there's a feeling within the group, uh, within the organization, and, and there's why Kyle Dubas was brought in, was to not blow this thing up to keep these guys. As long as they got Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. They got a chance. If you don't have those three guys, you don't make this deal. But, With no but, way you do. But because you have those three guys, it might not make sense for any other reason, but you make that deal. So I don't mind it. I'm just surprised they got to pay him 10. They got three more years in them, I think, at least. I mean, at, at most, three more years and uh, 
they're going to make a push, hopefully, sometime uh, during that. Uh, let's take a break. On the other side, after 1230, uh, we're going to talk centers. Who's the best center in the National Hockey League? 204-780-6868. That's kind of a stupid question because it's such an obvious one. But uh, I, got a, I got a pretty good group of top guys, and we'll go through them. In uh, well, in in a particular order that I put them in, I'll get your thoughts on that, and get your thoughts on that, Jim, and as well as the audience. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight, and uh, a crazy thing uh, happened in St. Pete, Florida, affecting a broadcaster. Um, we'll play the audio, and we'll we'll talk about that when we come back. Chats at noon on six eight CJOB. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017. The last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18 the previous three years. Well, that was uh, Kevin Brown, play-by-play voice of the uh, Baltimore Orioles on the tube. Um, nothing there too controversial, eh, Jim? That's just uh, a broadcaster just breaking down some stats about how the Rays just haven't won anything in the last little bit against, uh, I mean, the Orioles haven't won against the Rays in the last little bit at Tropicana Field, 0-15-1, last 16 series there. Last series win back in 2017, that's nothing that's nothing too controversial, is it? I'll tell you what's there. Nothing but facts. <laughs> That's what's there. All he did yeah. was broadcast the history of this series while leading into the fact that finally, after this many years, things have changed. Orioles management is an embarrassment right yeah. now. They should be ashamed of themselves. And I don't know what repercussions you can have, but it's it's garbage. It's yeah. junk. Yeah, and if you, Kevin Brown, for... What he was saying there was suspended and Orioles management saying, we don't comment on personal matters. We look forward to hearing Kevin's voice soon. He will be back. Um, I but, wouldn't but come back. I they, wouldn't come back. Do you think that fans were unaware of this? Like, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, That's my like, point. Like, do you think fans didn't know? So you're mad that, plus there's a producer and a director who put the graphics together and said, this is how we're doing our intro. And Kevin said, yeah, okay. Thank you. So it's not him who did this. No. And then second of all, like you said, there's not he didn't tell the fans of the Orioles anything they didn't know. So you're mad that they revisited how much you've sucked against Tampa Bay. Don't suck against Tampa Bay. This is like an athlete being mad that you gave him his stats. Those are your stats. We'll be right back. Best centers in the National Hockey League after this. Unbelievable. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Thursday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers and a high of 20. Right now, 22 degrees at 680 CJOB. The gang is back in town. Let's send it over to Jets at noon. Well, thank you very much, Skylar. Thanks, Hollywood. That means a lot. That means a lot when you acknowledge we're back together. Thanks, pal. Yep. The boys are back. Back in town. This is quite the uh, quartet of gentlemen we have assembled here with Tyson producing too well, tyson makes me want to grow a mustache these are, yeah, these are four uh, uh, part or full-time hosts of jets of noon this is a lot of experience here yes this is this all adds up to like one kelly moore it's, it's in terms like, of experience yeah. yes yeah not about it yeah not even it's not even close when it comes to quality but <laughs> but experience yes if we added all the years together it's kind of close uh so we're doing how the was bed. your weekend hollywood are you good. all settled in your new place yeah it's over you're there? 
Yeah, we're there. So Skyler, I don't know if you know, has moved into a fraternity house. They call him the Godfather. I knew he was in a frat house before. He has a friend named Frank the Tank. And another guy who owns a bunch of Visions or Speaker Cities or something. Speaker City, yeah. And he's wondering why you're worried if he's got some alt band coming to the home, the house warmer. Number one food item in our household is Gabagool. Gabagool? Gabagool. Where's the Gabagool? He works hard all week. He can't have any Gabagool? It's just deli. That's right, yeah. Don't you worry put a about little, it, Mitch. like uh, Tony Soprano, put a little bit of mayonnaise in it. You let us know when Mitchapalooza's happening. We're there. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I just did enough cleaning of uh, apartments, various apartments oh, that I have yeah, lived in was... or now live in, and I don't know if I ever want to touch a Swiffer again. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question here, Skylar. Now, okay. outside of Connor McDavid, clearly the number one best center in the league. Well, I That's could. I could go full like Stephen A. Smith, and you could if you. Uh, hey, if you want to, if you want to do that, and I not don't say. Know. Okay, well then I'll ask no, you. I, top, no, it, no, top. It's... Okay, outside Connor McDavid, who's number one clearly. Who else? Who's else is in the top four? Who's in? Who's number two? Who's number three? Number four. Uh, McKinnon. Okay. Probably still Sid, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Just he he gets so much respect. Uh, he's whoa, so good defensively, whoa. and he's still whoa. a point per game. Mm-hmm. So I'll say Sid until he proves otherwise. Yep. Oh, and then four. No love for Matthews at all. I guess yeah, it'd be Matthews. That's where I was going. I just okay. I had to think. There that's were, a good, I feel good. like there was somebody else. There's someone else that's right there. That but I'm this is great. About, this but. is why we do these lists. Would you? You would take McKinnon ahead of Austin Matthews? I think I would. Mm, I, yeah. I would. I that's would, why yeah. I'm asking if like you if would. you're taking one player. Yeah, I, I think you need to. Matthews they, needs like a, a facilitator. What about Dry Crosby ahead of Dry I would take Dry over Crosby. At this stage, I would. I was just humming I, and hawing between Dry and, and Matthews there personally. Do you want me so. to do? Want me to do the guys I compiled here? Sure. Number one, Connor McDavid. Number two, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Number three, Leon Dry Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Austin Matthews, and then Sidney Crosby, number five. So let me ask you both this. You both have Sidney Crosby ahead of Alexander Barkov? I do. Yeah. Just above. I have Barkov at number six. Yeah, you okay. Barkov in the playoffs. You know what? Like for a guy that's we folks who really watch hockey know how good he is. Yeah. To the casual yeah. fan, he's been so underrated. And then the spotlight shone shone really bright on the um Florida Panthers this spring, and I just wasn't he didn't do it for me. Kachuk was unbelievable and Barkov was okay, and uh, for a guy that we sometimes talk about as being like a top five center in the league, okay is not good enough. Do you know right. who I was flirting with putting in the top ten, but I just can't based on age? Joe Pavelski. Oh, I, Joey, he's, Joey Pavs has been getting it done for me I, in fantasy for half a I, decade. Yeah. I've been awesome. looking, I was looking at his, and I don't know, am I becoming like an analytics guy? I hate this, but I actually kind of oh, am. XGF um, per 60? A, a bit, no, 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 just like certain <laughs> things that make sense to me, not a bunch of all the other nonsense, and eye test is still more important, in my opinion. But if you look at the eye test on Joe Pavelski and you see his stats and all this other stuff, um, man, he's he's still he's he might be more effective now. I think he's surrounded by perhaps better players than he was, uh, in, in certainly in the later years with San Jose. But that guy still is incredibly effective. Well, that's that's an example of a team surrounding a. Like it, centers are hard to find. You can yeah. find a winger that can score forty a lot easier than a center. Oh, not, yeah. not saying Joe Pavelski scores forty, but you have this piece even at thirty-eight, and you surrounded him with quality players, and then you extended Rupe Hints and and these mm-hmm. uh, Jason Robertsons to go into the 
the post-Pavelski era that's going to begin eventually. Um, so Dallas has done really well because uh, I think their core four or core five players are all under like eight mil per year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with I think Ottinger is the first guy to expire, and that's in like two more seasons. Yeah. So they're, they're set up really well. Yeah, I really like Dallas this year. Um, so Lupe I, Hintz is a stud. Yeah, he's yes. the man. He's, he's yeah. awesome. He doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. No, he does he not. He does not. No, I have not. Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Okay. Fantastic top three, by the way. Like that was some yeah. break, that's big brain stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it takes, you it know, takes it's a, a genius to come up talk with that. Show when when the two hosts completely agree. <laughs> I will. I will take Austin Matthews at four. Okay. And I will take Sidney Crosby at five and Barkov <laughs> six. Uh, that's exactly what I have. That's but, literally exactly. But what I, I will have. put Steven Stamkos ahead of Evgeny Malkin, and yep. in my top ten is Elias Lindholm of the Calgary Flames. I don't Elias think he's. Lindholm. I don't think he's talked about enough. I think that he was the stir, the straw that stirred the drink between mm-hmm. Goudreau and Kachuk and all them. And I think that his defensive play, as well as what he can do offensively and how he makes things go for players, that puts him in the top 10 for me. I have a, I have a quick question. This is not a top 10 center, but where would you put Sebastian Ajo? Um, There's a guy, another guy that just doesn't get talked about. Uh, I like we have him as like Carolina an honor. not having superstars, but he kind of is. I kind of have, I don't know, in his own way. Is, just, is Mar- it's the is style Mar- in Carolina that that I don't know. Like on another team, I think that he he would be a point of game player. Isn't but isn't Mart? I wouldn't you take Martin Nietzsche's more? Wouldn't you take him first than Sebastian? No, Allen? I wouldn't. Not now. I think Nietzsche. Maybe in the next two to three years, I would. Yeah, he just came on. He just came on. But I, I yeah. think right now it's a whole. Here's the real question. It's like well, how how far can you put up Tage Thompson or Jack Hughes at this well, point I, right I, now? Well, well, that's the other question. See, but it's like uh, you can't you can say these guys are the guys flirting with perhaps a top ten, but they just don't have enough experience in the league yet. They've had one really great year or maybe two really great years, but. It's it it, and it might not be it's it's not enough yet to put him ahead of like a John Tavares or something. I think the like the five to fifteen conversation is a lot more fun than the top five. Um, just yeah. the, just kind of the way it is. So, like, like guys like Braden, we haven't even mentioned Braden Point. Yeah, well, Braden, a monster. Well, this is why I want to bring it up. The NHL has their top fifty centers for twenty twenty three. Yeah, where where do you guys put Mark Shifley? Is he top ten? <sighs> Top no. 15. And I've done this for a couple of years now. People always debate with me, and I, I go on and on. I have Mark Shifley in the National Hockey League, a top 12 center. Mm. Yeah, I would. I He's would. a six year in a row point per game player. And the one year that he wasn't last year, he had 42 goals. He had 40 goals. And I know his def- defensive yeah. deficiencies, but when I look at the list of centers, like is Mark Shifley ahead of Braden Point? No. No, he's not. Is Mark Shifley ahead of Dylan Larkin? Yes. I feel like they're like right around each other. I would take Mark Shifley. Like they over should Dylan be right beside Jack each other. Jack Eichel? No, I wouldn't. Take Eichel, Jack Eichel. Eichel over yeah. Shifley. Eichel, you yeah. would take Eichel over Shifley? I would. After this last year. Yeah. Cosby? Uh, I would take Shifley over Yeah. I'd, yeah. Okay. So here's where they have him for 2023 on the NHL site. He's 11th. Shifley. Shifley. He's ahead, one ahead of Braden Point, who's 12th. He's two ahead of Dylan Larkin at 13. And the now retired Patrice Bergeron came in at 14. And I think that has to do with Patrice Bergeron's slow decline in points, but nothing obviously with his defensive game. Mm-hmm. I just think if you look at the 10 guys above Mark Shifley, and they all probably have a better defensive reputation. Well, here's the it's 10 not guys. The offense is holding him back. On their list on the NHL site McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, Crosby, Dreisidel, Barkoff, Malkin, Stamkos, Lindholm, Anze Kopitar are your top 10. 
And at 11 comes in Mark Shifley. Malkin by far is the worst defensively out of those guys. Yes. And and he's been on. And after know, Shifley awesome. at 11, it's Point, Larkin, Bergeron, Eichel, Kadri, Kuznetsov, Barzell, Zabinijad at 19, and Sean Couturier, does, who does, I don't does, know when the last time he had a full season is, is Does Mika Zabinijad deserve to be higher on that list? He is at... Yeah, didn't Zabinijad um, have a stretch though where he like really disappeared this season? And yes. then he came, yeah. you know, I, I, he's 19th. I would have him ahead of Matt Barzell. I would have him ahead of Kuznetsov, who both are ahead of him. And I would even have Zabinijad ahead of uh, Nazim Kadri. I have him in and around that Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel 15th overall. 204 780 Thanks a lot, Pistol. That's good stuff, Appreciate boys. It. I yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, 204 780 That's why you love to listen. 204-780-6868-204-6868. Mike texts the show. He says, Ajo's two-way play elevated him above uh, Tej Thompson. Shifley is not ahead of Sebastian Ajo. Fair enough. That's, um, I mean, that's. I, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, Mike, because I think it's, a, it's an actual debatable question. Here's what's lost in this. Where do you have Thomas Hurdle? Thomas Hurdle is ranked oh. 21st on this list on the NHL side. He's not ahead of Jack Hughes, and I do not put him ahead of Nico Hishier. He's the third center on that team. They have Hughes at 23. They have Hurdle at 21. Matt Duchesne is 22. <laughs> okay. I don't even have Duchesne on this, this list. list. Who, had, who did this list? I don't even list? have him on this top is, 50 is, list. Is the guy's name uh, 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 Dat Mushane? Is that who did it? But or what, is... Once you get into the 20s, it becomes players who aren't producing at an alarming offensive rate and aren't very good defensively, but they're okay, yeah. right? They put up okay points and they're okay defensively. And what I mean by that is after Couture at 20, it's Hurdle, Duchesne, Hughes, Zegris. Your boy Zegris comes in at 24th best 24th. centers in the that National a, Hockey that's League. That's ridiculous. Alex Steves, John Tavares, Elias Pettersson, Claude Giroux, Logan Couture, Nick Suzuki round out your 20 to 30. So all those guys can produce... They produce very good numbers, just not elite numbers, and then their defensive games are—they're not bad, but they're not great. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I think if you put—that's some- why I think yeah. Shifley's so high—is because compared to these names, he produces way better. I it's mean, just what when, he gives up when you're evaluating the centers in the league. Two hundred four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight two hundred four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight is total points and goals the number one thing. When you look at say, like I'm going to compile a list. And you're going to say, all right, we're going to look at goal differential. We're going to look at goals against average and all that other stuff. And you go down the list. Isn't points at the top of it? Isn't well, that the hardest thing in the league yes, to do well, is to I, score? I believe it. That's why Mark Shifley is Mark Shifley. That's why people in this town go, well, Mark Shifley's not a top 20 center. Yes, he is. Do you know how many centers do not produce a point of game pace? A lot. Yeah, most of them. By far most. And so when you can produce point per game production as a center. Now, the problem is like, that's why I love the debate when Bergeron retired that came out. Is Patrice Bergeron the best all round hockey player? Like even defensively, he's better than the number one center in the league, Connor McDavid. It's just that Connor McDavid's production over Bergeron is so massive that and you can't teach that. You can't, you know. So, I mean, but the, if you're talking all-round hockey player, like we say, Connor McDavid's the nah. best player on the planet, right? Yes. So where is Patrice Bergeron the best overall player on the planet? I didn't, when I was looking at doing my list, I didn't have him on because he retired. So I didn't even put him on there. But you can't, 
I mean, and, and it's just based on age. But I mean, if you look at these guys in their prime and you see Connor McDavid's in his prime, Nathan McKinnon's in his prime, Leon Dreisaitl, Austin Matthews, Sidney Crosby just tailing off Barkov, you could say he's in his prime. I mean, you'd have Bergeron in the top three. Like, that's the thing. I'm not taking Bergeron over McDavid, McKinnon, Crosby, Matthews. But but does he... Dreisaitl, in- those are the top five in the league. But when it comes to Barkov, Malkin, Stamkos, Lindholm, I would lean towards a Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Bergeron. Like in terms of 200 foot, like yes. every, uh, in the, face-offs, in the leadership, corners, in the corners, everything, work ethic. It's a good discussion. I, I, uh, yeah. Defensive play. And yeah. then the offense is there. It's just yeah. not 30 points above point per game. No. That's a so good. I don't have him in the top five and he's 37 when he's retiring or whatever he is, but I do have him in the top 10 as an all round center. Yeah. 204-780-6868. Dale says Jack Hughes needs yeah. to be on that list. Well, that's, he is. that's it. I mean, Jack Hughes will vault up this year because yeah. he vaulted up last year. Um, and I don't think but he's going to slow he's down. He's 23rd right now. He's behind Matt Duchesne. I cannot, be, I cannot believe Matt well, Duchesne's on this list. I'm telling you. It was like, is but it, that's a biased thing because he was miss, in Ottawa for a year and a half, and he only, he, we know of two weeks where he didn't even pay attention to is, meetings. Is, is Mrs. Duchesne right in this list? We'll find out in Colorado. Like, feel free in, in four months from into the season to go, Duchesne looks pretty good in Colorado as their second-line center. Or, sorry, that's Ryan Johansson. Yeah, no. I was about to say. I don't yeah, think he's I in. I apologize. Uh, he's in Dallas. Yeah. And he's not He's not, He's not. not ahead of Rupe Hanser Pavelski on that list. No. So we'll see what happens. And uh, Dylan says, P- Elias Patterson. Duchesne's 32 years old now. He's angry. He's like an old man. I, I don't have him in the top 30 on this list. I didn't even consider him. He had 56 uh, <laughs> points in 71 games last year, 22 points. The year prior, though, in Nashville, this sh- shocks me. I, I didn't had no clue about this. 43 and 43. Not now, last year. The year before, he had 86 points in 78 he, games, 40 goals. He needed uh, He needed a, a year so bad that year because he was – putrid for the two previous seasons with Nashville. He was awful. Man, I might eat, eat crow here. If he can go to Dallas and be a point-of-game player. I'm going to tell you right now, he's not going to do it. But he's going to be surrounded by good players. Second unit power play. They could put some points up. Uh, Dylan says, as we go to break, Elias Pettersson, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, that, that's the shocking one on this list. Elias Pettersson at this stage of his career should be in the top 20. Just got 100-plus points. Is, but- second in block shots for centers. That's pretty good. Hey, text the show. What do you think? 204 We'll be right back. 27th, sorry. Too far down. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome back. 204-780-6868. Talking centers, best centers in the National Hockey League. Who do you think is underrated? Who do you think should be in the top five? We got about just a couple minutes left here. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Okay, uh, producer Tyson Rewicki. Um, well, we won't move in, we'll, we'll move on from the top five, but who, who do you think is six, seven, eight, nine, and 10? And who, who would you have on that list of, as sort of perhaps, uh, the guys that are, you know, maybe not top billing, but they're, uh, you know, these guys are deserving of best supporting actor and stuff like that. If I'm using a movie analogy. Well, I had the, the same top four as you guys, but for my five, I went with Elias Pettersson mm-hmm. as my five. From, you put him at number five. Yeah, I really, I think he's going to have a really big season this year, and I think Vancouver might even 
be able to sneak into the playoffs. I think like last year, he was the only reason that offense was, was had anything going and over a hundred points. And as long as they, as long as they keep the puck out of the net on penalties and they can get the penalty kill to slightly above, like slightly below mediocre, they'll be okay. Yeah. Oh, they're, they got to fix the penalty kill. That's it. And I know they, they brought some guys in to fix that problem. Um, but <laughs> That that's gotta that's gotta fix itself. So I I, I agree. Elias Pettersson shouldn't be as low on some of these lists here, but this this list uh, is there's from, other, there's other things that need to come out of it. So this is from a year ago, yeah. prior to last season yeah. at NHL.com. Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews was number two, of course, coming off the heart, right? Yeah, the nomination there. Uh, Nathan McKinnon three, Leon Drysaitel four, Sidney Crosby five. Yeah. six was Barkov. Not much has changed in yeah. a year. Stamco seventh, he's ninth. Mm-hmm. Patrice Bergeron was eighth. Sebastian Ajo was ninth. Mm. And Zabinijad was 10. Here's where it gets crazy compared to what we could see this year from NHL.com. Braden Point at 11. JT Miller at 12. Elias Lindholm, 13. Nazim Kadri was 14. Ryan O'Reilly was 15. Jack Eichel was 16th. Jack Hughes, 17th. Malkin. Elias Pettersson, 18-19. The number 20th-ranked center going into last year was Robert Thomas of the St. Louis Blues, 77 points, 57 assists. Yeah, well, that 23 years old. Robert Thomas had a terrific year this past season. I did okay. But he was the number 20-ranked. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Cairo, I mean, he that was another issue there. But they they, they got to – He had 65 points in 73 games. So yeah. not horrific, but yeah. 18 goals. He couldn't touch 20 again. Yeah. And I, he had uh, 77 points in 72 the year prior. I got a question for you guys. Where would you put Tage Thompson in that top 20 now after pa- this past season? I, I, I'd put him in that 15 to 20 spot. I really honestly would just because not because I'm trying to say that he's not going to be perhaps even a top 10 after this year. Cause I think Buffalo is going to rock it this year. I really, I really believe that. Um, but again, it's the same thing with, I, I put him, like I said, he's in the same boat as Jack Hughes now. It's like, okay, ninety consistency to, to put up like, like even though Sidney Crosby might not be the Sidney Crosby of five years ago, based on his, how consistent he is, you have to put him in the top five. You have to have him up there. That's what I think anyway. 204 780 6868. 204 780 6868. Final minute of the show here. Uh, Bradford says uh, Jansen Harkins, so underrated. Yeah. Okay, Brad. And uh, <laughs> I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying Jansen Harkins is a bad player. He had a fantastic year in the A. I thought you described him perfectly before he went to, you went on holidays. And it's like he's a great AHL player. Mm hmm. Is he a good? Is he an NHL player? Like that that cusp of and and really, I mean, I think a move would benefit him. Yeah, but again, he's in this tough situation where if there's one thing we can all agree on, it's the bottom six of the Jets looks real good. Yes, it does. So now you're a top six. Top six has some openings. I don't know if it's there, but like you're not superseding. You're not any better than Morgan Barron or Adam Lowry. And then, are you better than Mason Appleton? Are you going to get a spot for Rasmus Kupari who's going to come in here? Harkins has to put up some points. He does it for the Moose, but you have to come in. You would be on the third or fourth line if you could consistently produce. I like Jensen Harkins as a player. I really do. I love the way he approached the AHL season when he got sent down, too. Thank you very much to Tyson Wiki. So do I. Thank you very much, Tyson Wiki, for producing the show. Jim Toth, take you all the way until 3 o'clock. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.